What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Rose, the violin teacher will be here in 20 minutes, so please prepare for the lesson in advance. Punctuality is an important quality of a true lady. My mother reminded me. Her tone made me mad. Of course, Mommy. I'll be there in 20 minutes. I replied and thought about how much I hated the violin. Wouldn't it all go to hell? For the first time in my life, I dared to go against my parents. Threw a few things in my bag and walked out of the house with determination. Hello, Amanda. I think I left home. Please meet me there if you don't mind, she said. I said in a trembling voice into the phone. My heart was producing so much adrenaline. I never experienced anything like that before. So that's how you are, Freedom. I took a deep breath and said with pleasure, and set forth towards my dream. Hi, my name is Rose, and my dream is to be the daughter of poor parents. Mine, unfortunately, are too rich. And I'm sick of money and everything that goes with it. What? Are you crazy? The whole world dreams of a life like yours, and you don't appreciate what you have. That's what most people I know say, and you probably agree with them. But I'll try to explain why being rich is terrible. I look at my baby pictures and realize, God, I even had couture diapers. And I don't seem to have had shit on them at all. Because my whole life since I was born has been all about showing off and the pursuit of perfection. That's the way it is in rich families. I was always forbidden to play in the sandbox because I could get dirty. It was the same with puddles, sticks, and even food. I was shielded from anything that would spoil the appearance of a real princess, and I was spoon-fed until I was five, so that, God forbid, I wouldn't get dirty during dinner. Every meal in our house is a special ritual and a kind of celebration, where it's customary to come dressed up in nice clothes and a suit full of manners. Rose, you don't need your other hand for bread, but to hold a knife with it and help yourself with it when you're eating. My mother and babysitter were always reprimanding me and teaching me about life. I can tell you with certainty, I never had a childhood. And what a normal child's childhood was like, I learned only from the television. Sometimes we were in public places, which luckily my parents were not afraid to take me to from time to time. Rose, you don't have to fight with Alexa. She has a really nice family. You should be friends with her. My mother insisted when I was four years old and I didn't want to have a terrible friend around me that my family forced on me. I had to. Do you understand? I only had to be friends with someone my parents thought was worthy. Besides, from an early age, I was told what to do. My parents chose my hobbies and interests for me. Ballet, modeling school, vocal, violin. And I was sick of it all because I wanted to pursue basketball and playing a guitar and just walk down the street like normal kids. Instead, I, along with the babysitter, was worried about my daily schedule, and I was afraid I was going to miss a class. Yes, I always had things that other kids could only dream of, but believe me, none of that compares to the sweet word, freedom. My life changed drastically when our housekeeper came to visit us one day with her daughter Amanda. Amanda was my age, and I was immediately won over by her spontaneity, her cheerful nature, and her total openness to the world. She was very different from all my friends and acquaintances, and even me. 
I never met people like that before. Don't you know what a slingshot is? Seriously? Wow! Amanda laughed good-naturedly, showing me a branch with a rubber band stretched over it. Then she taught me how to shoot it. She also drew squares on the pavement with numbers inside and then we jumped on them. God, she had like a hundred ways to do it. And they were all cooler than PlayStation games, Sims, and even Among Us. Adventures with Amanda were the best I ever had. And how many interesting, exciting stories she told. And then I tripped over some rock and smashed my knee, ripping my pants and bleeding all over. She was talking about one of her adventures. Wow, you went straight to the hospital? Did your parents scold you? I asked naively. I wanted to know the details. Funny, what should I be scolded for? For a broken knee or ruined pants? Of course not. My mom just felt sorry for me. Amanda answered. And every time I did, I realized that I wanted to give up everything I had in favor for the life Amanda and her friends lived. But I had no way of getting into that other life. And Amanda was my secret friend. If my parents found out that I was communicating with her, she would never come into our house again. At some point, I realized I was very tired of everything and was ready to run away. I had no concrete plans or understanding of what I was going for. I was driven by fatigue and dreams of being a normal kid, whose parents don't own millions and don't decide everything for them, down to when to go to the bathroom or take a shower. 20 minutes later, Amanda followed me to the bus stop. Shall we go? I'll show you another world, she said with a smile. Let's go, I answered resolutely, and we rushed towards the adventure. An hour later, we found ourselves in a very strange place. The houses were so tightly packed together and so old that they seemed to be about to collapse. In the yards, children were walking around in dirty and worn out clothes, but they looked happy and carefree. There was loud music and shouting coming from the open windows. It sounded like someone was fighting. I never heard people talking to each other in that tone before. On one hand, I felt uncomfortable and scared, but on the other hand, my soul was thirsty for experience and I wanted to immerse myself in this life. So I bravely followed Amanda. Well, princess, you're about to descend from heaven and experience all the pleasures of hell, my friend said with a laugh and opened the creaky door of her apartment. The first thing that hit my nose was a strong, unpleasant smell. Something like the smell of camembert cheese, but harsher and nastier. What's that smell? I asked Amanda. Smell? I don't smell anything. She answered embarrassedly. Maybe it's just my imagination, I thought. The apartment was furnished with old shabby furniture. A closet with a broken door, a three-legged couch, and a broken TV. I felt as if I'd entered into some kind of virtual world in survival mode. The sight of that apartment made my insides tighten. Could people really live like this? After a few minutes, there was a lot of knocking on the door. No, not even knocking, pounding, pounding with all my might. I was so frightened, I thought a war had broken out. But Amanda grinned and said, Don't be afraid, it's our neighbor Darcy. He's not himself again. He'll knock and then he'll stop. Would you like some tea? I nodded uncertainly. Meanwhile, the neighbor started shouting some undecipherable threats. For the first time in my life, I was so terrified that my body literally shook with fear. What if he breaks the door down? I asked fearfully. 
It wouldn't be the first time, and it wouldn't be the last. Amanda shrugged. If he hasn't broken it by now, he probably won't. My friend smiled at me. Probably? Probably. Awesome. I thought on the verge of hysteria. The half-destroyed house, the swearing, the screaming, the gloom. No, it wasn't what I'd hoped for at all. I imagined this world to be very different, and now I wanted to go home as soon as possible. To my commitments, to my parents, and my classes and my lessons. Only, how do I get out of here when there's a madman at the door? Amanda, don't take this the wrong way, but I have to go. How do I do that? When does your roommate leave? I asked my friend. I don't know. Just ignore it. Let's talk. Tell me, do you like any guys? Amanda was clearly trying to distract me. But what kind of guy are we talking about when the door's about to come off the hinges with this freak? My life is in real danger. Besides, I wasn't worried for nothing. Something heavy and started kicking in the door lock. Even so, Amanda remained perfectly calm, and I wanted to rewind time and give up the stupid idea of running away from home. Against the backdrop of this nightmare, the violin lesson seemed harmless and sweet. Soon, the deranged neighbor broke the lock and broke into the apartment. He had a completely insane face and was demanding some money. I immediately rushed to get $20 out of my jeans pocket, which was all I had on me. But Amanda intercepted my hand. Are you crazy? Don't give him a dime. He'll be fine. She didn't seem scared, unlike me. I was mentally saying goodbye to my family and my life because I was sure it was the end. The money! Where's the money? Shouted the crazy neighbor with a hammer in his hands. I grasped Amanda's hand tightly and closed my eyes. Hey you! Get out of my house right now! You scared my friend! Amanda shouted defiantly. The madness seemed to go on forever and everything was in slow motion. And then the cops showed up at the apartment. They threw the crazy neighbor on the floor. My parents ran in after them. Honey, are you okay? Are you okay? My mother asked frightened, holding my hands. I'm not sure. I answered quietly and cried out, cuddling up to her. We drove home right away. On the way home, my parents comforted me and talked about how frightened they'd been to find me gone. My mother asked me to explain what I'd done and I told her that I was tired of the endless classes and wanted so badly to touch the lives of ordinary teenagers. You know, I understand you. I think we should reconsider your schedule and give you more free time. My mom smiled at me. Let Rose talk to whomever she wants. Sometimes it's good for a person to feel the difference between social strata to learn to appreciate what they have. Dad added, and for the first time, I was in agreement with him. Yes, it's hard to always be toned down and fit in with my family status, but that's my life and my way. Unfortunately, things aren't as all as rosy as I'd imagined for teenagers without cares and responsibilities. The last thing I want is to be trapezing around the streets in old worn-out clothes, and then go to a time-worn old house and worry about insane neighbors. My life is much closer and more familiar to me, although it's not easy at all. By the way, my parents allowed me to keep in touch with Amanda, and I'm grateful for that. I still love her for her directness and ease, and I respect her as a friend. Funny, why do you refuse to come and visit me? It's after the incident, isn't it? She sometimes asks me, laughing. Yes, I almost died that day. Well, I can say for sure that opposites attract. 
Would you like to try living the life of a teenager from a different social stratum? Write your answers in the comments. And if you like this video, like it and share it with your friends. Mrs. Dunn, I can't let you in. The head of the mansion's security said sternly, blocking my way to the helipad. He used to be good to me. That's right, I'm Mrs. Dunn. It's my house too. Get out of my way or I'll fire you. I didn't even think I could be so bossy. Your husband said that you are deprived of your right to property. It is true, temporarily. This square cretin coldly rapped out and smiled disgustingly. You want to know why it all turned against me? Well, okay. My name is April, and this is the story of how I married the ugliest but richest guy for his money. I freaked out and went to the garage, where my faithful personal driver was always waiting for me. But the driver refused to drive me too. He just looked at me in disappointment and said that after what I'd done, he wouldn't even let me get in the car. But we're friends, help me. I pounded my fists desperately on the limo glass. Mr. Dunn is my friend too. I never imagined that you could hurt his heart so much. The driver shook his head and turned away. Well, I don't care. I'll take a cab myself. While I was hailing a cab, it started pouring rain, and they wouldn't even let me under the roof. Everyone in the mansion hated me. Although having lived in poverty for a long time, I imagined life in the mansion as something fabulous. You think this is going to be a story about a poor gray mouse that no one noticed? No, it wasn't quite like that. That's the thing, I've always been beautiful. I didn't have any money for makeup, but even without it, guys liked me. In fact, it was for my natural beauty that they valued me. But our life is not a love affair. Beauty doesn't matter to many people, if you don't have a scent. First of all, my terrible worn clothes ruined everything. Even the guys who liked me didn't dare go out with me because they'd just get laughed at. Secondly, my mother worked as a janitor at school and was strict with everyone. She was always trying to protect me, but it didn't help because I was an outcast for the rest of high school. I had a hard time getting into college. It was there that I finally began to feel like a normal person. The students didn't pay as much attention to my status. I realized this when all of us, poor and rich alike, gathered for a student initiation ceremony. There were several hundred of us in the gym. Everyone was having fun. And then paint came pouring down from the ceiling. It was really cool. Then the senior men handed out water pistols. We poured water on each other. And student life would have been fine if I hadn't, out of habit, avoided people. I had only one friend, Ellie. I was blowing guys off because I was ashamed of myself. But then there he was, my future husband. There was a rumor going around college that Dylan Dunn was going to appear in person at the session. All the girls were excited, and some of them even changed their looks to get attention. Ha, <laughs> Dylan Dunn. Is that shirt for Dee Dee? That is so ridiculous. I was amused by his first and last name. But Ellie didn't share my humor. This is the son of Alan Dunn himself. Someday his designs will eclipse the glory of Apple. So that's what this is about? Is it all about the money? I didn't even try to hide my disappointment. He is a millionaire, and he must be so handsome that our athletes can't compare to him. No one has ever seen him before. Indeed, Dylan was not on any social network. The mysterious millionaire. And there were a lot of rumors flying around about him. 
Some of the girls even suggested that Dylan and his family were mysterious vampires with unimaginable wealth, like in Twilight. But the guys were only leaning towards one theory, that Dylan Dunn was just a rich jerk. And then the day X came. Dylan arrived at the college in a fancy limousine. Everyone was shocked. The limo door swung open all by itself. The girls gathered around in anticipation to see how the handsome man would step outside and the sun would sparkle on his cold, pale skin. All these dreams were shattered by amicable laughter and whistling. Out of the limousine came a guy as ridiculous as possible. Nickname Dee Dee suited him perfectly. He was unnaturally thin with long, bleached hair. Instead of a classy, stylish suit, he wore stretched, shapeless clothes. On the first day, Dylan was named the ugliest guy in the entire college. But you know what surprised me the most? The girls still ran after him. I don't get it. It's about the money again. I was pacing around my friend's room, fiddling with a pillow. People don't care about your looks as long as you have money. Ellie calmly watched how the contents of her pillow were flying all over the room. And you think that's normal? I hate greedy people. April, relax. My friend even stood up. Why does that worry you so much? Because I've never held more than a thousand bucks in my life. I've never had any money. And greenbacks ruined my life in high school. Everybody's so obsessed with it. They forget about humanity. And then I noticed that my friend's entire room was like covered in snow. I destroyed all the pillows. The worst part was realizing that secretly, I wanted to be rich too. I told Ellie one thing, and in my head I kept thinking about the fact that I wanted, for once, to feel what it was like to be rich. And soon, I had a chance to find out. In front of a pair, Ellie caught me in the hallway and took me aside. Dylan likes you! Her eyes lit up with excitement. Why would you think that? He looks at you in that way! and half the girls in college want to kill you for it. That's ridiculous. I turned away and suddenly bumped into Dylan. The weirdo stared at me without blinking, and then he held out his skinny hand and smiled. Oh no, or oh yes, what should I do? My head simply shut off at this moment. It's not just a guy, it's a millionaire. If I reciprocate, then all my troubles will disappear on their own. I would have money. On the other hand, I didn't want to stoop to those who chase guys for money. And Dee Dee, though a ridiculous freak, is still a human being. I couldn't do that to him. And you already know that I couldn't resist the temptation for long. It all started with gifts. Dylan didn't dare give them to me personally. He'd toss them to me, or give them to me through the guards. And he himself watched me closely from a distance. At first, I just ignored the gifts, and then I started giving them back. Dylan, don't waste your money and my nerves. I don't want anything from you. I'm sorry, but you are not my type. I returned the unlimited membership to the best spa center in town that he'd given me. Dylan said money was such a small thing. The most important thing is a person's soul. And then he added that he could see he wasn't my type. But he didn't understand that because other girls are not repulsed by his looks at all. I had to tell him the truth, and I told him honestly that for a purse full of millions, they are ready for many things. I know, he answered with a smile. That's why I like you. Accept my gift. It's from the bottom of my heart. You barely know me. Why all this? Dylan said that I was the only one, 
and that he really liked me. Me? Oh, look, what a beautiful bird! I shouted and ran away like a complete fool while he was looking in the direction I had pointed. My head was filled with all kinds of thoughts. I didn't like Dylan at all, but he liked me. What's more, he is willing to shower me with money just for talking to him. And that's when my head exploded. I started talking to Dylan, and then I started pretending that I liked him. And the more I pretended, the more generous he was. It's true, I had to transfer to distance learning. It became dangerous to be in college. Dylan's admirers gave me hell. Of course they thought it was because I was beautiful, so the main blow fell on my appearance. They pelted me with all sorts of nasty stuff and ruined my clothes. But the most cringeworthy part was ahead. They grabbed me and put a lot of self-tanner on me, and one of them took out a hair clipper and shaved me bald. I ended up being a bald bronze statue. But Dylan didn't turn his back on me and started spending even more money on me. And then we flew to Paris, and he proposed to me, right at the top of the Eiffel Tower. I couldn't refuse. It wasn't out of love. But I tried to kid myself that getting married would make him happy, and me, rich. Everyone will remain on the plus side. Ellie didn't approve of my position. That is so low. I don't believe you will do that. You're the one who disapproved of the pursuit of wealth, and now you're one of those dolls? She didn't even look at me, turned her back to the window. And then she continued, you're taking advantage of him. I can't believe my friend has turned into such a monster. And we had a fight. She didn't even come to my fancy wedding. Now I was fabulously rich, but that didn't make me any happier. Money didn't warm my soul. And the longer I lived in Dylan's mansion, the worse I felt. Everyone here adored my husband for his kindness. Already at the age of 19, he was contributing huge sums to charity. What's more, as it turned out, he used to be handsome. Dylan ruined his own looks to show everyone that beauty is not the main thing. And he loved me very much. Everyone at the mansion respected and appreciated me, but no one knew what a snake I really was. The situation worsened when I realized I was falling in love with my husband. That's wonderful, you'll say. No, it's a total fiasco, I will answer. At least I used to be able to lie and play my part. But the warmer I felt about him, the harder it was to deal with my conscience. I wish I'd told him the truth right away, but I didn't. I don't know how he found out, but maybe Ellie did. Dee Dee drove away, and I was left in a mansion with people who hated me. That's why I was waiting for a cab in the pouring rain. I knew where Dylan was going. That's why I followed him, to tell him how I felt. Dylan, I love you for real. I couldn't hold back my tears, and I hugged him, but he pulled away. Why should I believe you? You're such a good liar. Dylan, I'm ready to lose all the money. I'm ready to go back to that trailer where I spent my entire childhood, as long as you forgive me and believe in my feelings. You don't have to give me a dime for the rest of my life, but I want to be with you. This conversation went on for a long time, and Dylan said he'd give me another chance. But now everyone would be watching me closely. I paid the price for my greed by losing people's trust, lost a friend, and almost lost my husband. There's only one conclusion to be drawn. Greed ruins lives, turning people into animals. Have you ever succumbed to greed? Share your stories in the comments.
like this video, and send it to your friends. Hi, I'm Alessia from a small town in Kenya. Growing up, I was stubborn and also a happy kid, even though my mom worked as a servant for the wealthy chief Mwangi at his farm. I always felt like part of the family because of the chief's son, Barasa. He was my best friend, and he did almost everything with me. He helped me with chores and even stopped me from cleaning his room whenever I had to. It was fun, until his uppity father stopped him from hanging out with me. Barasa, you're better than playing around with the servants. I want you to stay away from them from now on. What Barasa's father said hurt me, and I knew it had something to do with the fact that Mum and I were poor. I became envious whenever I saw Barasa with his wealthy friends. So, one day, I devised a plan to change his opinion of me. All I needed were the same expensive items that his friends wore. I began to put a lot of pressure on Mum to get them for me. Mum! I want that dress! How about we go to the yard sale over there? They sure do have some nice clothes. I hate them! They're ugly and cheap! I knew our poor situation was none of Mom's fault, and later that <gasps> evening, she surprised me, and I was so overjoyed. Honey, I saved some money and got you those Louis Vuitton shoes you wanted. Thank you so much, Mom! I have no idea why you need all these things anyway. We can do without them. I didn't tell her that I needed them because of Barasa. He had a swimming party that night, and I wanted to make the best impression possible. I was going to show everyone that I wasn't just a regular servant girl. When I walked into the party dressed in one of my mom's old fashionable gowns and the Louis Vuitton shoes, everyone turned to stare at me. They made me so nervous that my heels shook so badly and I fell into the pool. Barasa quickly jumped in to save me, and I couldn't help but admire his strength. He lifted me as if I weighed nothing. What did you think you were doing, Alicia? This isn't your style. If your dad hadn't said those mean things about me and my mom and ended my friendship with you, I wouldn't have been trying to prove him wrong. I'm sorry about dad. He's a little harsh sometimes, but you should know you're my best friend, Alicia. Nothing can change that. Then why do you hang out with them instead of me? I'm only doing it to trick my dad. Besides, you don't have to change anything about yourself to prove him wrong. I don't care what you look like. The moonlight danced on Barasa's face, sharpening his features and making him more handsome. Suddenly, Mum walked in on us. So, this is where you've been all along, and I've been looking for you everywhere. Mum freaked out when she noticed my position in Barasa's arms. For some reason, she had never liked him much. Do you want us to lose our jobs as servants, Alessia? His father warned you to stay away from him. As soon as Mum was done yelling, dragged me away from the pool. I couldn't have been more embarrassed. Later that night, she sat me down and talked to me. Honey, life isn't all about wealth, but how to stay fulfilled with whatever you have. I'm disappointed in your actions tonight. When she finished, tears streamed down my cheeks and I hugged her. I'm sorry for everything, Mum. I'll be better. And I did become better. I did all my chores diligently while Barasa continued hanging out with me during moments his father couldn't see us. Our friendship grew stronger, transcending beyond rules set by our parents. A few years passed by and Mum fell ill. She was bedridden for weeks while I cared for her. Every day was filled with hopes for her recovery. And one particular day, she told me something that shocked me. Honey, I think it's time we moved out of here into somewhere better. I want to give you the life you deserve. I wasn't a fan of the idea. Moving out meant saying goodbye to Barasa and the horses I'd grown attached to. I needed some space to think. I left Mum alone and dashed to the stables where I found Barasa and told him everything. I don't know if I want to leave you and everything behind yet. Then don't. Don't let your mum take you away from the farm, Alicia. 
You can stay with me. I'll take care of you. Barasa's words followed me for the rest of the day, and when night reached, I went back to Mum. Mum, I don't think I'm ready to leave the farm yet. But Alessia... I think it'll be better if you let yourself heal here. The nature will give you more peace. <laughs> Fine. You've always been a stubborn child anyways. I love you, Mum. I love you too, baby girl. But there's another thing I need to tell you. Mum grabbed my face and looked at me with an expression I had never seen on her face before. It was fear. There are, um, some things you don't know about and don't need to know about yet. What do you mean, Mum? She ignored my question and continued like I hadn't said anything. If anything should happen to me, there's a box of valuables buried next to the cherry tree in the farm. Take it and run away. Do you understand me, child? I was speechless, so Mum shook my shoulders. Do you understand me, Alessia? No, Mum, and you're scaring me. What's happening? You don't need to know, but you'll do what I say, right? I mumbled out a small, right, and watched as her expression shifted to normal in milliseconds. It was scary. Now, honey, come give Mummy another hug. Mum felt strangely better the next morning and dashed to the market to get some dairy products. She put on shades and a wig before doing so, as if her performance the night before hadn't been strange enough. Everything made me so curious, especially when Mum didn't return that night. I panicked and dashed to Barasa with the news. My mum hasn't been back all day, Barasa. I think something happened to her. I've got this. I'll rally some villagers and search the town for her. It's a small town. She can't be far. I joined the villagers in their search. As we ransacked the forest, I felt a hard object under my foot. I picked it up and found that it was an ID with Mom's passport. Her name on it was Nuella Smith, which was different from the Jennifer Howard everyone knew her as. Mom was hiding something, and I could feel it. I noticed a movement to my right and quickly hid the ID in my pocket before turning around to see Barasa emerge from the bushes with a solemn expression. I'm sorry, Alicia, but... We couldn't find your mum. Footprints in the soil suggest she might have run away. I gulped and turned away from Barasa as my eyes watered with tears. I couldn't believe my mum had left me. After that day, life on the farm felt different without mum. I had planned to leave as well, but Barasa persuaded me to stay. You don't have to leave, Alicia. I'll be inheriting the farm in a few years. And by then, I could marry you. And we could live happily ever after. I mean, that's if you want Hearing Barasa say those words made me feel a bit queasy. Of course that's what I want, Barasa. But is that what you want? He gripped my chin and stared at me with such intensity that it made my stomach churn. That's what I've always wanted, Alicia. I've been in love with you since we were kids. I'm in love with you too, Barasa. Barasa kissed me and fireworks went off in my head. Three days later, I was in the coop feeding the chickens when Barasa walked in with a sad look on his face. Alicia, I have something to tell you. I'll be leaving to boarding school this week. Dad enrolled me in one yesterday. Sadness enveloped my entire body as I hugged Barasa. But what about our promise? Don't worry. I'll never forget. Your heart and mine are locked forever. The next morning, Barasa left the farm and we waved at each other with a secret look on our faces, promising to always return to each other. I carried on without Barasa on the farm, even if I constantly continued to feel the lack of his and Mum's presence. The only thing that kept me going was his promise to me. Time passed, and two years later, news of Barasa's return spread like wildfire. 
I heard Chief Mungi's son will be returning today, and he's now a very handsome man. The girls won't know what hit them. I gave the woman a small smile before hurrying home with the vegetables I had purchased. Chief Mwangi was throwing a big party to celebrate Barasa's return, and I couldn't wait to see him. As soon as I arrived at the mansion, I noticed cars parked all around it. I walked around looking for him when I noticed him kissing a girl on the patio. Many people surrounded him, applauding and yelling. Happy Thank you all. Angela is the prettiest woman I have ever met in my life. My heart broke into a thousand pieces. In disappointment, I tossed the market bags to the ground and fled the scene. Barasa, like Mum, had lied to me. I had no one but myself to rely on. I dashed to the cherry tree Mum mentioned years ago and dug furiously at the soil beside it until my hands hit something. It was a treasure box with a lot of money inside. I quickly packed my bags and left with the treasure chest without telling anyone. I flew to America and began a new life there. Mum's money supported me for years, and I used some of it to start a small agricultural business that grew into something big. I became one of the world's youngest billionaires and the proud owner of Aulis, a food technology firm. One day, I was on my way to work when a woman bumped into me. Hey, watch where you're going. She turned around and I was surprised to see. Mum? Hey, pretty lady. Please, I need a job. I can be your personal maid. Here's my CV. Security suddenly showed up to drag her away. Sorry, ma'am. This crazy lady escaped us. We'll take care of her. No, leave her. I'll take care of her. I took Mum to my office and asked her a lot of questions. Why did you leave me alone on the farm all those years ago? Huh? I don't know you. She couldn't answer any of my questions, and the worst of it all was that she couldn't even recognize me. I took her to the hospital, hoping they could fix her memory issue. I'm afraid there's nothing we can do for your mother. She needs something to trigger her memory. Maybe an impactful event from her past. I tried everything to trigger Mum's memory. I showed her old photos of us together. That looks like me. Took her to a farm, even showed her the ID she dropped all those years ago. Yet, Mum couldn't recognize me. I gave up and settled on taking care of her instead. The stress of caring for Mum and the company took a toll on me, so I took some time off and went horse riding constantly. And one day, I saw Barasa and his wife. She was yelling at him right in the middle of the parking lot. I'm filing for a divorce right away! I was about to ignore them when she raised her arm to slap him, and I couldn't help but swoop in and grab her arm. That's enough! I won't let you assault someone on my property. And who do you think you are? Alessia, Barassa's old friend and owner of the parking lot you're standing on. Of course you're his friend. You both look pathetic. She flung her arm out of my grip and walked away with a menacing look at Barassa. Expect divorce papers and my lawyer. When Angela left, Barassa looked at me. Wow, you've grown and changed so much, Alicia. I wasn't going to remain a servant forever. Barasa had also changed since the last time I saw him, and seeing him now, I realized I no longer cared about him. There was no trace of the love I felt all those years ago. Alicia, about what you saw years ago, Dad forced me to marry Angela as a business transaction. He wanted to deal with her dad. It was nothing serious. I don't care, Barasa. I'm sorry about what your dad did, but I think it's best we move on. I've moved on. You should too. I won't give up on you, Alicia. No matter what it takes, I'll do anything to prove that I still love you. I pulled my arm out of his and walked away. I wasn't letting him back into my life. The next day, I was sitting on the couch watching some STA videos on TV when I heard a knock on my door. I went to see who it was and was surprised to see Barasa standing right on my porch with a bouquet of flowers in his hand. Hey there, thought I'd pay you a visit. 
How did you find my place? I asked around. Would you let me come in? Fine. Um, make yourself at home. Thank you. Your place looks absolutely beautiful. While we talked and caught up on the past, Mum walked in. Hey, Mum. Meet my friend Barasa. You remember him, right? She gave him a strange look, then approached him and sniffed his scent like a dog. Her pupils dilated and she pointed at Barasa. I know that smell. My memory's suddenly coming back to me. I knew I should be relieved that Mum's memory had returned, but I was offended. I was her daughter and she couldn't even recognize me. But then she remembered Barasa, whom she didn't even like. She was also acting strangely and scaring Barasa. Hey, Mum, that's enough. No, Alessia, that boy and his father are criminals. That's a lie. You're a crazy woman. I remember everything. I was a CIA agent, undercover on their farm, gathering intelligence on their crimes. They found out and tried to capture me, but I escaped. I fell and hit my head as I ran away from them, and I couldn't remember much else except that some nice people helped me. Wow, that's a lot. Are you sure, Mom? Yes, honey, it's why I wanted us to leave the farm, but Barasa and his father were threatening to take you away from me. I couldn't tell you because I didn't want to get you in trouble. Everything Mum said shocked me to the bones, and I stared at Barasa, who avoided my gaze. Is this all true? She's lying. Can't you see? She left you, and I took care of you. No, you didn't. You only wanted her to trust you so you could turn her against me. What? I'm sorry, Alicia, but your mom is going crazy. I'm just going to leave you with Miss Loco here. Suddenly, Barasa sped for the door, and Mom leapt in the air and karate chopped him to the floor. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I never knew Mom had such skills. I've gathered enough intel on you and your father. You're not going anywhere. She rang for someone, and minutes later, suited men in shades showed up to the house. Thank you for your hard work, Noella. The president will reward you for doing a good job. I strolled up to Barasa and gave him a resounding slap. I can't believe you were only playing me. All that talk about love and you suddenly reappearing in my life? It all makes sense now. Barasa's expression instantly shifted to anger, and he seemed nothing like the boy I knew all those years ago. I wasn't playing you at first. I really liked you, but your mom had to go snooping around. Always keep your enemies closer, Dad says, and you and your mom are my enemies. Good. I hope we stay that way. You're a jerk. Enjoy your time in jail. I watched with a smirk as Barasa was dragged into the car and driven away. As soon as he left, I turned to Mum. So, your name's Nuella. I wish you had told me instead of keeping me in the dark. It was for the best, honey. Again, I'm really sorry. I'll spend each day making it up to you. I hope so. I threw my arms around her in a hug, basking in the scent and warmth of her body, which I'd missed. I've missed you so much, Mom. I was really scared you'd never remember me, and then when you did, I got mad that it only happened because of Barasa. I felt like you didn't love me. Don't say that, baby. I love you. And as for my memory, I couldn't control it. But remembering you is the best thing to have ever happened to me. I've missed you, too. Mom and I stayed in the hug for several minutes until I remembered someone we hadn't spoken about. What about Chief Monkey? What'll happen to him now? I figure he's already heard about everything and is on the run. But we'll get him. He can't run forever. You're super cool, Mum. The next day, Mum was invited to the White House where she received an award of recognition and excellence from the president. I couldn't have been prouder of her. You know, sometimes our parents did mean the best for us after all. When I was basking in glory, the moment I saw my name placed first in a scientific model design contest, suddenly Sokoku crushed it in me. Oops, I mean, Zack. 
the president of the otaku <laughs> club with a sungoku cosplay. Ouch! Traveling by clouds has made you forget how to walk? Zack hastily helped me up and replied <gasps> in a panic. Sorry, Min. It's because the basketball team is chasing after me. Huh? Why? They hate this outfit. Don't tell anyone you see me, okay? After saying that, he immediately ran away. Jeez, what a weird club. They were always bullied for cosplaying at school, but they never gave it up. Hi, I'm Min, 17 years old. Ever since I was a kid, I've set a goal to win a full scholarship to Columbia University. That was the first step for me to become a famous businesswoman. I didn't have any friends as all of my time was spent studying. Well, who cares about making friends anyway? Being number one made me feel happy enough. <laughs> However, there were many obstacles on my way of achieving my dreams. One day, the principal suddenly called me into the office and announced a shocking news. Min, I'm sorry to say that you are not qualified for the Columbia Uni Scholarship. What the frog? My whole world fell apart when I heard that. Immediately, I rushed to confront the principal. He quickly explained. Apparently, it's because you're not involved in any community activity. So what? You see, Columbia Uni only accepts students with outstanding academic results and profound achievements in community activities. Then he suggested that I join a school club to improve my performance and get them to consider changing their mind. <gasps> community skills? I wasn't good at that. However, in order to get into Columbia Uni, I was willing to do anything. From that day on, I started looking for the right club for me. Unfortunately, most of the clubs were full and there weren't too many choices left. Cooking club? I didn't even know how to use a knife. Ushery? Jeez, sounded violent. Ah, here it is. Presentation club, the most successful club in the school. I was made for this. I immediately reached out to Dove, the club's president, but in response, she just smirked sarcastically. Sure, I'll consider it, only if you destroy the model in your last competition. Damn it, Dove was still bitter about losing to me. Of course, I couldn't agree to something so ridiculous like that. In my anger, I accidentally pushed her down. The two of us got into a fight and only stopped when the principal suddenly appeared. Dove quickly fled from the scene and left me behind to suffer from his scoldings. Anyways, have you joined any club yet? My head felt like it was going to explode because time was running out but I still didn't know what to do. At that moment, Zack, the president of the otaku club, passed by. I quickly pulled him back. Don't worry sir, I've already joined the otaku club. I'll make it the most popular at school. I like your spirit, Min. The principal pleasantly left while Zack looked at me like I just screwed two heads. But after I explained everything, he happily welcomed me. <laughs> Actually, the otaku club was the last place in my mind. They spent too much time goofing around in my opinion. For someone who had big ambitions like me, it was a waste of time. They even had a monthly cosplay day on the 25th. People would make fun of me for that. What could I do? It was my only choice now. The next day, I had my first club's hmm? meeting. O.M.G. They had only five members and all were boys. I was the only girl there. They all seemed very happy to see me and kept asking about my interest in anime. Do you like Chainsaw Man? <gasps> Girls like cosplay more, right? What about games based on anime? Do you like it? I was bewildered and could only stutter. In the end, Zack had to come to the rescue. It might be overwhelming at first, but don't worry, just relax and have fun. Then he suddenly put an otaku badge on my shirt. <gasps> Welcome to our club, Minsan. Let's be good friends. 
Making friends? Those words were never in my dictionary before, but they didn't sound too bad. In the days that followed, I started to get closer to the club members. Although normally I had no idea what they were talking about, I still felt warm inside whenever they were nice and friendly towards me. We went through bunches of anime, manga, and games together. I must say that it was actually more fun than I thought! However, troubles arose on the 25th of that month. According to the tradition, the whole club would have to cosplay one anime character to school on that day. It was my first time doing this, so I was terrified. Don't worry, you'll look pretty in every outfit. But indeed, what I feared happened. When I cosplayed as Natsuko in Demon Slayer, every student stared at me and laughed non-stop. And of course, the one who laughed the loudest was none other than Dove. Grayson, her boyfriend, and also the captain of the basketball team, who hated otaku, wasted no chance to mock me. <laughs> Another freak showed up. Men, have they converted you into their cult? While everyone was laughing, the otaku members suddenly came over to protect me. Stay away from Min-san! Grayson quickly grabbed Zack by the collar. Why don't you run away like usual, freak? Seeing that a fight was about to break out, I immediately hit the fire alarm causing the water to spray everywhere. Everyone got wet and hurriedly left. That fateful event had made me burning with the desire to bring recognition to my otaku friends so that we wouldn't be bullied anymore. And to do that, we must participate in the annual Worldwide Japan Expo event. Winning there would get us a huge amount of respect. To achieve our goal, we worked together to make a really cool cosplay outfit of Kokomi in Genshin Impact. And I, the only girl in the club, was chosen to wear it. A few days before the event, the principal suddenly called me into his office and announced an important news. Congratulations, men! The Columbia Uni has just decided to leave the community skills out of their scholarship requirement. They'd <gasps> love to interview you. Before I could scream happily, he hit me with another shocking news that the interview date was on the 25th. It coincided with the Japan Expo cosplay contest. I could only choose one of them. That night, I couldn't get a wink of sleep. I didn't want to disappoint my club friends, but I also couldn't forsake this lifetime opportunity. In the end, I chose to follow my dream. After that day, I quietly huh? separated huh? myself huh? from the club, no matter how much they, they tried to talk to me. Without them, I felt strangely lonelier and sadder than I thought. Time went by and the interview day finally arrived. I nervously walked into the interview room to find a serious man who was introduced to be the Columbia Uni's representative. He suddenly asked me, Min? What do you think makes you happy? Because I was too worried, my sweat came out like I was taking a shower. When I put my hand in my pocket to find a hmm? tissue, I suddenly touched something familiar. It was the otaku batch that Zack gave me. Min, do you hear the questions? What makes you happy? It's my friend, sir. I blurted out the first thing that came to my mind. Finally, I knew that I had been missing this the whole time. I quickly apologized to everyone in the interview room and rushed to the Japan Expo. Thank god, Zack and everyone were still there waiting for me. I embarrassedly apologized to them and told them the reason why I left the club, but to my surprise, they smiled. <laughs> I wish you had told us sooner, cause whatever path you choose, we'll support you. We're friends, and friends stick together. So I quickly put on the Kokomi outfit that my friends had worked so hard to prepare for me. I walked on the stage full of confidence while they were cheering wildly. In the end, we won third place. I was no longer number one, but somehow, I felt happier than ever. Zack came up to the stage to congratulate me and suddenly gave me a pat on the cheek. How kawaii! Who said otaku boys aren't bold? 
And luckily, my honest answer gave me another chance to interview with the Columbia Uni. Yay! Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... I was whimpering as I traced the blood splattered down the hallway that led to the storage room. Ugh, this looks even worse than my last exam results. Taking a deep breath, I regained my composure and slowly pushed the door open. Big blood stains appeared along with many footprints on the floor. They led to an old cupboard in the corner of the room. I slowly opened it and it was a mannequin covered in ketchup. Hmm? Sheesh, I had been pranked again. Hi, I'm Lisa, 17 years old. To pursue my dream of becoming a journalist, I had worked day and night to write articles for the school's forum site. Unexpectedly, it became the very reason why I was ridiculed by everyone and called gun dog. Even Hara, my half-sister, would say something like, Lisa is stupid and freaky. It's a disgrace for a genius like me to have such an older sister. But little did they know, being looked down on only motivated me to become stronger. Once when I was walking on the street, Nina, the school bully, suddenly called me. Gun dog, the toilet just clogged. So, report on it, duh, because it smells like your articles. <laughs> that evil witch. I had tried to ignore her for so many times, but she never stopped pushing my buttons. Once, during a PE basketball session, when I was aiming at the basket, Mina suddenly dropped a banana peel on the floor, causing me to slip and fall hard on my butt. Wow! Breaking news! Lisa had a legendary collaboration with Mr. Banana Peel for a comedy show! Unable to contain my anger, I threw the ball straight at Mina, but unfortunately, it hit Jimmy, my classmate. <laughs> Missed, you idiot! She gloated and left, while I quickly ran to help Jimmy up. Are you okay? I'm so sorry! It's okay, but I didn't know. Not only are you good at reporting, but you're also good at throwing. After saying that, he fainted. Oh damn, looks like my throw was really strong. But it was also the first time someone praised my ability, so I was deeply moved. After that ironic accident, we talked more and became much closer. Also, during that time, our school had a lot of mysterious happenings. On the first Friday of June, someone had mixed up the chemical solutions in the school lab and made them explode. Not only that, on the following Friday, the exam room was set on fire in the middle of the night. Fortunately, the police came to put it out in time, but half of the exam papers had turned to ashes. Immediately, I wrote a post on the school forum about this dark Friday pattern, but nobody seemed to take what I said seriously. Fine, I'll catch them red-handed on my own. The devil of Friday. The third Friday had finally arrived, but I didn't know where the crime would start. When I was defeatedly waiting for Jimmy in the schoolyard, I heard his angry voice booming as he walked closer. Damn, I wish I had Thanos' hand. Just one snap of my fingers and the academic affairs office will be gone. Voila, no more exams. That 
That's it. That's the place. Jimmy, you really are Dr. Watson to my Sherlock. I happily jumped up and hugged him tightly. Oops, it seemed like I overdid it. Both Jimmy and I were embarrassed and quickly let go of each other. Soon after, I made a plan to sneak into the academic affairs office. However, when I rushed down the stairs, I accidentally tripped and rolled several times to the ground. My leg was seriously injured due to that. Instead of serving justice and catching the devil of Friday, I had to stay home with my cast leg and listen to my mom scolding for hours. That night, I couldn't sleep a wink because I was worried that something horrible would happen at school. But oddly, there was none. Was my deduction wrong? However, the next day, my whole school was buzzing with shocking news about Andy, the school's second best student. He had cheated during an exam and somehow it was recorded and uploaded on the school's forum. He was immediately disciplined. I didn't write an article about it because he already suffered the consequences of his wrongdoing. After that day, since there was no actual incident, I shifted my focus to studying for the exam and taking care of my leg. Temporarily, I put aside the investigation of the Dark Friday's case. Then suddenly, an anonymous email came to me. Dear Gundog, if you're that good, come and catch me this Friday. OMG! I didn't know if it was the real culprit or if someone was pranking me. But anyway, I would never pass such a challenge. After sneaking into the school late at night, I hid in a safe corner near the academic affairs office and began to wait. At 10.5pm, I started to hear footsteps. A figure slowly appeared in front of the door. They brought a saw and started sawing the lock. I walked out and boldly flashed the light at them. Freeze! They panicked and turned towards me. I recognized that face immediately. Hara, what are you doing here? Lisa, please save me! I didn't understand what was going on, but at that <gasps> moment, I saw a security guard coming. I hurriedly dragged Hara to the emergency exit stairs, then we took a taxi home. All the way home, she just cried and begged me not to tell her dad. It turned out that because she was always under the pressure of being the school top student, she had cheated during the exam just like Andy. Unfortunate for her, someone had also recorded her wrongdoing and blackmailed her into stealing the exam questions. Hara was too scared and didn't want to be exposed, so she agreed. Jesus, Hara, are you also the one who vandalized the school every Friday? It's not me! I just received their text two days ago! I understood that right away. It meant the recent events must have been the work of another blackmail victim. While we were talking, a message came in. The mission failed. You know, Andy, tomorrow morning your fate will be the same. I took Hara's phone to text back. After begging for a while, they finally agreed to give us one more chance to complete the task. Do you think we can handle this? Don't worry, leave it to me. I decided to pretend to be Hara because we have similar body types. I would definitely catch that sickening devil. The next evening, I went to the office again. I tried using the pin to unlock the door as instructed on the internet, and surprisingly, it worked. After I got the test questions papers, which were carefully wrapped in plastic, I texted the devil of Friday. Good. Bring it to the girls' restroom near C block. When I arrived there, it was so dark that I had to use my phone flashlight to see the way. The restroom door opened and I carefully walked in. I'm Hara. Bam! The door suddenly closed. A light came from one of the toilets. Then a figure holding a flashlight walked towards me. Oh my god! 
It was huh? Mina. Mina, what the hell are you doing here? Lisa? Where the hell is Hera? Doesn't matter. Give me the exam questions. No way. I'll report this to the principal. Suddenly, someone held me tightly from behind. It was her friend. I shouted in panic. Stop this, Mina. You've gone too far. Stop? Why should I? Look at those top students. They're all rotten. If they didn't cheat, I would never have been able to control them in the first place. Then she ordered me to burn the exam questions. Since I couldn't think of a way to escape, I had no other choice. Hesitantly, I tore the plastic and lit the fire. Hurry up, dimwit. The plastic in my hands started to burn. Then I immediately threw the flamed plastic at Mina and turned to run away with the exam papers in my hands. Unfortunately, my clumsiness made me trip at the most critical moment again, and I was immediately caught. Mina snatched the lighter from my hand. Fine, if you don't want to burn them, I'll burn your hair. No! At that moment, bam! The door suddenly collapsed and the security guard rushed in along with Hara and Jimmy. I was rescued in the nick of time. It turned out that Hara was so worried that she went to look for me. When she called me but I didn't answer, she informed the school security and Jimmy to help track my phone GPS. If it was just a little bit later, I don't know what would have happened. In the end, Mina was punished for her crimes. As for me, solving the mystery of the Dark Friday's case has pushed my reputation to a whole nother level. It will surely help with my journalist dream. Hara also confessed to cheating and was disciplined. She had to redo the exam, but she was finally free from guilt. Since then, <laughs> my relationship with Hara and Jimmy has become much better than before. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... I wonder what's taking Valerie so long. She's been in that changing room for ages. Valerie, is everything okay in there? Don't force it if it doesn't fit. No, this is the last dress in store. I just need to breathe in for a bit longer. So? It's beautiful, isn't it? Valerie spun around. Then suddenly... Yep. Trying to squeeze into a dress two sizes too small for her, then it split. <sighs> the giggles around us started. Valerie blushed, hurriedly paid for the dress, and pulled me out of the shop. Why am I so fat? Ugh! I just want to feel pretty on my date. If I was skinny like you, I wouldn't have this problem. Poof! You know, it's not as easy as you think being thin. Yep, you heard me right. Being thin has its downsides. First of all, fashion. My nightmare. I have to wear an extra small size, and the clothes still hang off me. Actually, most of my clothes are from kids' stores, so I feel so untrendy. Then in winter, I have to wear tons of layers just so I don't freeze to death. And in the summer... I can't wear cute clothes as I look like a coat hanger. Not only that, because I'm so skinny, 
people often ask me to do nonsense stuff. Once, I was studying in my room when suddenly I heard my sister Camilla calling me. She'd forgotten her keys and forced me to climb through her tiny window gap to get them. Seriously, I can't even. Then, on another occasion, Mallory made me crawl into the classroom locker to help her cheat on her Spanish test. Unfortunately, the teacher walked in while this was happening and gave me a week's worth of detentions, of course. Ugh. Oh my god, No Way Home is so good. I literally can't think of one bad thing to say about it. Yep, the part near the end? Ah! Yep, guess what? I'd managed to trap my foot in a manhole. Man, what rotten luck. I tried pulling my leg free, but it was no use. It wouldn't budge. There I was, freaking out that I'd be stuck here forever, and all my friends could do was huddle together and ask me questions like, Madeline, how on earth did you get your foot in such a small slot? Wow, that's unbelievable. Even Jaden, my bookworm friend, took out a ruler from his backpack and started measuring how wide the slot was. Grr. My dear friends, I'm being stuck down here. Stop gopping and help me! Finally, they tried helping me out, but in the end, we had to call the rescue squad. By this point, a massive crowd had gathered around me and strangers were filming me. When I was finally free, everyone looked at me and held back their laughter. Even Parker, my crush, was smiling. Jeez, this was beyond embarrassing. But a hot guy like Parker would never notice a moving skeleton like me anyway. <sighs> Don't think like that, Maddie. You're so pretty. Show me some confidence, would you? Valerie said as she nudged my arm. I put the book down and glared at her, and suddenly noticed Parker walking towards our table smiling. And yep, he said he wanted to sit with us. Even though I was cheering inside of my head, I still had to act composed. And oh my god, can you believe he even said I was cute? After that day, Valerie kept on encouraging me, saying he had definitely given me a green light. So finally, I gathered my courage to write down all my feelings for Parker on a note and clipped it to his notebook. At the end of class that day, he came to my desk and took my hand. Yay! Everything was fine, great even, until one day when the two of us were taking a romantic walk past the Swan Lake, Parker suddenly turned to me and said, You're so beautiful, Maddie. And if you just put on a few more pounds, I swear you'll be the hottest girl at school. Yes, I know, but it's hard for me to gain weight. No big deal. Just leave it to me. I'll fatten you up. I thought Parker was just joking, but it turns out he was being deadly serious. Since that day, every time we went on a date, instead of taking me to the bowling alley and movies as usual, Parker would take me out to eat. I swear, I've tried all the restaurants in our town. More surprisingly, on my birthday... Parker even gave me a bouquet of fried chicken. How romantic! But this didn't change anything, as my weight still stayed the same. Parker was disappointed when he peered over me and saw the scales hadn't budged. 
Then he sighed out. How come you and Valerie are friends, but look totally opposite? Here comes our adorable chubby Valerie. What? Parker called Valerie adorable again. This wasn't the first time either. Annoyed, I put down my fork and walked away from them. After that, I started avoiding Valerie. I did homework with other friends, sat with other girls at lunch, and every time I happened to see Valerie, I turned around and walked away. Honestly, I didn't want it to be this way, but just seeing her made me uncomfortable. But I couldn't bear to see my boyfriend call my BFF cute. Well, he thought I was too skinny. <sighs> then summer break finally rolled around. I thought it'd be just me and Parker, but then he went off to a summer camp in Spain. <sighs> the plan was all ruined. So I spent a whole sunny day inside sulking. What's wrong? Are you bored because your lover is away? So why don't you take this time to surprise him when he returns? Surprise? A great idea popped into my head. But, but how do I get chubby? Easy peasy. Okay, if it's that easy, then show me. Okay, if you do my summer homework for me. What? She's such an opportunist. But I really wanted to pile on the pounds and please Parker. So, without hesitation, I nodded in agreement. So, from that day on, I started following Camilla's weight gain plan. I switched veggies for greasy foods, and my main meal was always late at night. I also changed water for milkshakes, but I did have to stop drinking them when the smell of milk alone made me feel sick. Seeing me eating crazy like that, my parents worriedly said, Madeline, eating healthily is important, else your health will be affected. But I ignored their advice. This time, I definitely had to gain weight. Finally, after a month of trying, I gained some weight. Yay! I looked a lot more attractive now, didn't I? I was studying myself in the mirror when I heard my phone beep. It was Parker. He was coming over tomorrow with a present for me. The next day, I put on this hot dress that I'd never felt confident enough to wear before, and I asked Camilla to help me do my makeup. As soon as I finished, I eagerly waited for Parker in the living room. The doorbell rang. I excitedly opened the door. But as soon as he saw me, Parker quickly said, Oh, sorry. I have the wrong house. Then he started to leave. Huh? He didn't recognize me? This will be fun. No, honey, you're not mistaken. It's me. Your destiny. Madeline? Is that really you? Oh my, how on earth can you be this big? We've only been apart for a month. So, you don't think I'm prettier now? To my surprise, Parker shook his head. No, no, you're so fat now. It doesn't look okay. Lose some weight. Huh? This was so confusing. I thought he wanted me to be bigger. As annoying as this was, I still listened to Parker and tried to lose the weight I'd put on. <sighs> so it turns out that losing weight is far trickier than it sounds. Actually, it's a million times harder to lose it than it is to gain it. 
after a month of healthy eating and exercise, I gained another pound. Ugh! Stop eating that. Are you giving up already? You must try harder. What? It's just some popcorn. Why does he have to be so rude about this? I'll give you two weeks to lose weight. Else we're done. Huh? What did he just say? Done? He was the one who wanted me to gain weight in the first place. Now he was threatening to break up with me if I didn't lose it. How ridiculous. You know what? I don't need two weeks. Let's end it right now. It's clear you never loved me at all. You only like my appearance. If you truly cared about me, you wouldn't care what size I was. Then I walked off. Ugh, how could I have been so stupid? For the entirety of my relationship with that jerk Parker, I was blindly following him. I only cared about pleasing him, and it cost me so many things, including my best friend. I needed to apologize to her right away. I nervously knocked on the door, then waited. Finally, Valerie opened it, but on seeing me, she went to shut it. I'm so sorry. Just let me explain, please. Valerie, I'm so sorry. It was all because I was afraid Parker would leave me for you. But I realize now that he's a massive jerk, and I was an idiot for ever trying to change for him. Jeez, you're crazy. Parker is totally not my type. I scratched my head and told her about how terrible Parker had treated me and how I'd foolishly listened to him. Man, that douchebag! Then she hugged me. Valerie confessed to me that she'd been trying to lose weight by lowering her calorie intake, but the pounds were coming off. And worse still, she felt weak and tired all the time. I nodded in agreement with her. So, from then on, Valerie and I made a promise to love ourselves, regardless of what size we were, and to never let anyone try and change us. And look, that's Walker and Joel, our awesome boyfriends who love us just the way we are. And you know what? It feels so good not caring what other people think. So, don't ever let idiots put you down. Because when you allow yourself to just be you, then you can finally realize just how beautiful you truly are. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.